Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor and now accomplished episodic television director, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. How do you like that intro? Wow, that was pretty (laughs) fancy. Let me tell you, let me tell you why I did that, okay? Yes. There's a a tweet from a German fan, and it says, at the Delta Flyers, something which always irritates me. Garrett always starts the podcast with, with me, Garrett, and my co-host. In German, there is an idiom, ich und der Esel. It is not polite to introduce oneself first. And I, you know, typically when I talk about like, a story i'll say so robbie i always say this in english i'll say so robbie and i went to the market right i never say you know Uh me and robbie i know that's that's rude to say me and robbie did this that's not proper grammatical structure but i don't know why i mean i have no clue why i did what i did but i said it backwards basically so uh i don't think you i don't know that there's a is it okay that hey i mean I think if you're like a talk show host on a, on a, you know, Johnny Carson probably said, Hey, Johnny Carson here. Welcome to the show. And yeah. I got my co-host, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. It's the, yeah. I never occurred to me, but that's a nice observation that yeah. the, the German fan made of, yeah. you know, yeah, so sure. I, why yeah. not? I'll mix it up a little bit now. Okay. Just as we the, never know you never who you're going to introduce first and, and <laughs> what you're going to say about me. I have yeah. no idea. I, I think I'm going to change it every single time. So every single introduction will be different. Okay. That sounds you, good. You okay with that? All right. Yes. <laughs> Today, you should have introduced me as the guy with the big red hat with the Georgia Bulldog on it. I could have. And the giant <laughs> Voyager behind me. Because yes. I saw this online mm-hmm. um, on social media somewhere. Someone had shared it and said, I love this image of Voyager. And mm-hmm. I did too. It's a big, giant perspective over Voyager looking down as it orbits a, a planet. And it's just very dramatic. It's, it's cool. very dramatic. It's very dramatic. And for those of you who are just tuning in, listening on Patreon from Lieutenant and above level of subscription, you can actually see what Robbie is talking about because we provide the video version of this podcast so that will give you uh, yes. everything you need to see exactly the weekly, what the, heck we're the talking change about. in our background. Yeah. We're always finding interesting. Images. You can look at Robbie's beard, how it just evolves and, and just moves around. Yeah, I, don't, and I don't know about this beard. You're, you're not happy know. with it this morning, but I, I, I it's also because it's very early and it's very you know, early. You're not as quaffed as you normally are. Um, no. Sleepy face. Yeah, today. yeah. Robbie was like, I've got sleep lines. You know, I got yeah. some sleep lines. I got a, maybe a little bit. I, <laughs> Can you no no no? Can you make that other face you just made? No, <laughs> just to go through life like that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, time aging, all of these things. You know, it's funny because I was talking on Resident Alien, the show that I do now. Yeah, the actors were talking about Star Trek and me and the and you know being on it, and all of them were like, "You must get recognized all the time. Like people must." <laughs> That show is so popular and it's been around. I was like, no, no. actually, <laughs> nobody ever recognizes me because I just look so different. I'm, you do. You do. I, I really 
you know, that, that was very clean cut. It was 27 years ago. Obviously, I'm a little, I've, I'm a little bigger. I've put on some weight, but you know, whatever. People change. It's not that as much it, as it's, it's. It's come on. It's this. It, you, it's you, the you beard, know. the baseball hats, and the glasses. That's my. That's my brand now. You're closer like, to Grizzly Adams now yes. than Tom Paris because of the beard. It's the full yes. mustache and beard. Who's yes. going to know that's Tom Paris? You know, no one's going to mm-hmm. know that. But if you look at just had this, a, if I just look at this part of you, just, just, yeah. I, and then I'm like, oh, it's Tom Paris. If I'm just looking at your yeah. eyes and your nose. that, that One time, zone. one time, uh, Jonathan Frakes. So Jonathan on Next Generation did yeah. his transformation to a beard. Right. On the show, yeah. his character started without a beard and then, and started then having he, one. Jonathan yeah. grew the beard and they kept it on the show. And right. so anyway, Jonathan's up here in Vancouver um, directing on a show that I was producing hmm. and we had gone to dinner one night as we were leaving a lot of the staff came over and they were like you know thanks for coming and we just want to say like we didn't want to say anything during your meal but we love you on Star Trek and they're talking to Jonathan the whole time like three or four of the staff and they recognized him and they had been talking about it never putting together at the table for the last hour and a half two hours that I was Tom Paris, you know, that I played Tom Paris on Voyager. So it really surprised me. And even Frakes goes, do you recognize this guy? And they were like, nope. <laughs> it was crazy. Wait, where was, was like, this again? Where was it? Was I- in, it was up in Vancouver. We had gone to dinner. We actually crossed the border back back then and gone down to Bellingham, Washington. Okay. To have dinner at a restaurant with uh, some people, that, mutual people we knew. Yeah, But it was just so funny to me that literally I'm standing a foot and a half away from him. I've spent two hours at a meal where people are obviously Star Trek fans. They knew him, but he looked like his character. Right. He looked very different. Whereas I had, (sighs) you know, grown a beard. I was probably wearing a hat as I do 90% of the time. And uh, yeah, but let me ask you this. Would you have wanted to do that actually on the show? Is that something that entered your consciousness? I'm going to grow a beard and let production have Tom Paris as Beardy Paris. I think I asked them, I had had a, you know, goatees were very trendy back then. Yeah. Full beard was not trendy in the 90s. Was not trendy. Full beard was homeless person is what that was. Yeah. Full beards back in the 90s. Were not were not popular, but goatees no. were popular. Yes, and I had grown a goatee over the hiatus, and I asked them when I uh, as we were coming back, I checked with the hair and makeup people. I was like, "Can you ask if we can keep this?" And I didn't call the producers directly, but they gave me an answer pretty quickly, like, "Nope, no, they didn't even want to talk about it. They don't want." It. And I had auditioned for Voyager with a beard because I was doing a play where I had a beard. Yeah. And they asked me to shave. I've told the story before, but Michael Pillar gave me a razor in his office right. and said, <laughs> can you go shave the beard and come shave back in and audition? Because yeah. they don't they can't picture you underneath wow. the beard. Yeah. You don't look anything like right. Nick Locarno, which is what we remember. That's why we wanted you to come audition. Yeah. Because of Nick Locarno and he didn't have a beard. So can you shave it? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't think they ever would have agreed to it but i did grow beards during the hiatus and yeah so if you had done that if they had said sure let's have some facial hair in tom paris yeah and you started growing that out maybe people would recognize you now. oh i think so yeah i think so okay good stuff yeah. look at this, this i is love talking really... about facial hair <laughs> i really do it's funny that we're talking about that. This is one of the few days to, or the few times, episodes little... that I, yeah, that I, I usually, I'm always clean shaven. 
but I was rushing down to jump into this call with you, but I was an hour off. So I didn't, <laughs> I yeah, was an hour were. early, unfortunately. And you were I, texting and yeah. calling. And I guess my phone was vibrating because I was still sleeping. Oh. And Rebecca goes, boy, your phone is, when I woke up and the alarm went up, Phone's blowing boy, up. your phone is blowing up. <laughs> yeah, it was me. I thought, I thought something happened to Robbie. And so I was rushing. I was like, there's no time to shave. There's no time to shave. I have to be down there in time for the, you know, and I jump on and it's actually 7.30 in Vancouver and not 8.30. And I had just flown into Canada. So my, my, yeah. So my phone was on Dallas time, the last time zone that I was in before I went to airplane mode. So I apologize for waking you. Well, you were kind of waking you didn't, up already. I did. I was going to wake up any minute, I guess. But. Okay, good, good. I feel better now. I don't want to ruin your beauty sleep or your beard sleep. I'm going to call it it's, your beard It's all sleep. about my facial hair. It really is. <laughs> um, this week's episode, yes. Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. I like That's the name. That's a TV series. That it was is. a TV series. It is. I think they hmm. owe Voyage or something because they clearly stole that name clearly, from our episode. No one ever used that phrase no. until we invented Once Upon <laughs> and, a Time. We invented those yes. four words placed together yes. into Once Upon a Time. All right. So let's, uh, Wait, let's, let's go, go watch, watch this. this. Yeah, let's we'll do be it. right back with our recap and discussion of Once Upon a Time. All right, we are back from watching Once Upon a Time. Yeah, that was fun. That was really, I got to say, it was one of my favorite episodes. I'm going to oh come my right out and say it. Yep. Gosh. Yeah. What? I did not remember this, although a lot of things came back as we watched it in the shuttle with Nancy Hauer and Tim Russ and myself stuck in the cool. in the Delta Flyer. It was still kind of a new set. Yeah. And I remembered that this was John Kretschmer directing. Yes. And yes. that was his first time um, directing Voyager. Time directing. And mm -hmm. I really liked him. Like he was he was great. He was such a and we've stayed friends, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, we talk occasionally, not wow. you know, usually about directing stuff and DGA stuff and well, heck. The direct directors guild of America, the union that we're a part of. But yeah. Well, let me let me give you my background with John Kretschmer. I went to UCLA and mm -hmm. I spent some time in the theater department at UCLA. That wasn't my major, but all my upper division electives were in theater. So I spent a right. lot of time over there. A lot of people thought I was a theater major, but I wasn't. But at the time, one of my fellow theater department people or people that were actually right. theater majors <laughs> was um, her name was Wendy Brokaw. Uh -huh. Wendy Brokaw was the daughter of the not the founder, but he was the president of William Morris, I guess he was the uh -huh. he was the head, the, the main agent there. Right. Um, uh, so that was her dad. And oh, wow. later she ended up marrying John Kretschmer. So, oh my God. Uh, so Wendy, Wendy was, you know, super cool back at my memories of her were, you know, she was really nice. Um, oh. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lady. And I, yeah, I have that connection, I suppose. So oh, I remember funny. when, yeah. So when John was directing, I was like, Oh, Hey, say hi to Wendy, you know? So, and I'm going to say the same to you when you do talk to him next time, tell him I said, hi. And that make that connection. I, yes, yeah, and I pass great. the hello on to Wendy as well. So, Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very small world, small world. really. All right. Well, let's, let's first jump into our poetry yes. synopsis, yes. which, you know, we're, we're starting to put the book together here, people. We're yeah. going to have we're a gonna... book of poetry. <laughs> 
It's going to be beautiful. You can relive all the episodes through the art of poetry someday with a beautiful coffee table book or bedside book that you can read. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. let's, let's synopsize uh, Once Upon a Time in Poetry. Here we go. Here we go. Once Upon a Time, the haiku. The flyer crashes. Neelix cares for Naomi. Wildman reunion. <laughs> That's great. All right. All right. Come this on, was a tough one for me. I oh, really. This was a tough one to kind of capture yeah. all the parts. There was one part in particular when Janeway comments about coffee, Neelix offers coffee that I just laughed out loud. So, so I you had try to, to include, use that. You had a, yeah, you had a, it's an obscure little moment on the bridge when Neelix is offering coffee, but yeah. uh, it, it made me laugh out loud. So I had to include that in my limerick. So yes, let's go. Here we go with once upon a time, the limerick poem for this episode. Hmm. Naomi and Neelix play a fairy tale allegory. The Delta Flyers crew is in real deadly territory. Neelix offers a caffeine bump that could give Janeway a warp jump. Truth is better than fiction is the point of our story. No. <laughs> you were hell bent on including that coffee bit. You said no matter what, it's going to be in here. <laughs> She nice. said, I'll jump, I'll jump to the warp. If I have more coffee, I'll jump to warp. So I'm like, how do I get that in there? How do there? I get this? But you thought about caffeine Neelix, bump or whatever. Neelix offers a caffeine bump that can <laughs> give Janeway a warp jump. Bam. That was not easy. But yeah, I made it. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Okay, thank and you. It, thank you. And it is rare. We don't, we typically don't have food or beverage on the bridge. On it's, the bridge. No. It's so rare to see no. that. I remember and it's very rare to see Janeway turn down coffee. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she what? turned it down. Are you kidding me? She's usually yeah. got, she's usually mainlining coffee. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, that's, that's her thing. Exactly. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the guest stars here. I did a little research. So, mm. Justin Lewis yes. as Trevis or Trevis. Trevis, yes. So Justin Lewis actually has two names that he has acted under. Oh. When he first started acting, it was Justin Lewis, but he has since gone to his real name, which is Luis Ferreira. Our next guest star, I'll jump to Wally Wallace Langham. Sure. Who played Flotter. Uh, Wallace Langham is originally from Texas. Okay. He's done a lot of things. He's been a writer. He's been a director. Uh, Wallace Langham has made a very full career in Hollywood. Done well. Wow. And, you know, you know, you're talking about Justin Lewis having two names that he acted under. Yeah. You know, that's that's similar to you. A lot of people don't know this. I mean, you're that's true. Yeah. Your original name is Robert Duncan Cumberbatch, you are Benedict Cumberbatch's <laughs> third cousin, but no. you said, you know, I know that you told me that yeah. you didn't, you, did, you felt that name wasn't really going to be. It was a, a little long. A little long. Actually. And so you said McNeil, and then you just went with that. And yeah. I, you know, you, you know, what's funny. I know you're making a joke, but I, I, know. I thought, I thought you were going to be serious because I did go by a different name. Oh, briefly. Right. Okay. That's funny. I thought you knew this. <laughs> no. All right. So I'll what, tell you. What, yeah. Tell me. The, it's not so Cumberbatch. Though, the name right? that I was born with yes. was, is Robert Duncan McNeil. Yeah. That's the name I was given. Yeah. When you join the union. So the first union that I joined was. Equity. The first equity? union actors equity, which is the stage. Yes. Union. The I stage. Union. So. Correct. I think okay. so. And 
there was already a Robert McNeil there. In existence already, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So I went with, wait, no, that can't be true. No, Actors' Equity did not have this rule. So the okay, stage union so, didn't. So I went with SAG, Robert McNeil. Yes. I went with Robert McNeil. As, it, as an equity performer. As an equity which name. Which is fine. There, they don't, yeah. Which is fine. There was another Robert McNeil. Right. Uh, who I actually knew. But right. they did not have the same requirement. But when Correct. I got into SAG, AFTRA, actually. Oh, it's AFTRA. Okay. And they had a rule where you could not have the same name as another member. They didn't want confusion. Right. And so I briefly went by the name Duncan McNeil. I dropped my first name and it was just Duncan McNeil. And and when I was on set, people would say, hey, Duncan, can you blah, blah, blah. And And I didn't even answer four or five months. And I just was like, I don't, this is not going to work. Like there's got to be a better way. Like, I don't know if I want to go by Duncan (laughs) McNeil for the rest of my life and be called Duncan. Okay. It just didn't feel right. I was okay. like, Robbie, call me Robbie. And they're like, what? Wait, but it says Duncan McNeil. I went back to after it. What can I do? And they said, well, you can use all three names, which was kind of more rare than these long yeah. Robert Duncan McNeil. Yeah. But I was like, let's just do it. Cause then I'll go with Robert Duncan McNeil, the long version, because at least people will call me Robbie and no yeah. one makes sense. That does make sense. So anyway, I did. Yeah. I did. There are some credits out there where I was Duncan McNeil. Wow. In fact, I think that, yeah, maybe it was SAG. The Twilight Zone credit might be Duncan McNeil. I don't know. Anyway. And so you thought I had done my research on you. I was like, come well, on, you're I'm like, impressed. look how impressed I am. But no. instead it was me being joking about yeah. know, the fact that your name was Cumberbatch, which is not true. Which is not true. Okay, two more guest stars to quickly yes. talk about. We know Nancy Howard playing mm. Samantha Wildman. She did eight episodes of our show. Mm. This was the last one until Fury. Okay. She's only listed... Uh, one more time. Whereas Scarlett Palmer's, who plays Naomi Wildman, she was not the first Naomi Wildman, but Correct. this is her first episode. Mm-hmm. She ended up doing 16 episodes of our Whoa. show. Oh, so she yep. did twice as many as her mom. As her mom. Yeah. Scarlett huh. did 16. This was her first. Her very first job when she was three years old, she was in a Michael Jackson music video, Heal the World. That's her very first job. Yep. What? And then, and Dude, then she, yeah, Robbie, Michael Jackson. Yeah. I was in that video. What? What? What was she in that video? Does it I don't say? Know. She was three years old. That's all she it was says. A, oh my Maybe God. she was just. This is funny. Is it? From what I recall, it was just different vignettes. You know, different uh-huh. little vignettes to form this video. So it's not a through line with like two, two or three characters that goes through the whole video. It's different storylines of yeah. So she wasn't in my storyline. I know that. I played basically a, a Chinese soldier that was um, people were putting like flowers in our gun, in our guns. You know what I'm saying? So to oh, try to like, interesting. Oh, this is so crazy. This is blowing my Heal mind. The world. Wow. Oh my God. You and Scarlet when she was three. Wow. In the Michael Jackson video, this is not credited at all. So you're not going to be yeah. able to find that um, with my name on it. That's so, funny. This is really weird. This is freaky. Yeah, small world. Wow, small, small world. Okay, good job. Yes, I think that's everybody. All right, okay. We got it all. Let's get into our plot. We've yes. had poetry. We've had... Uh, we forgot about the writer. Uh, well, the writer by, is yeah. Michael Taylor, who was on staff with us. I remember Michael shared an office with Brian Fuller. Michael was great. He was very serious. I remember, mm. you know, that's my impression of Michael. But I thought a great script. 
The thing I did learn about this script, originally it was pitched as an idea of like an Alice in Wonderland kind of idea. Yeah. That the whole episode would be in this holodeck. Mm-hmm. Everything would play out. And they just sort of, I think there was a time crunch and, and I think they just couldn't break that story. They couldn't figure out how to do that version. Mm. And it felt very isolated. And so they sort of opened it up to a rescue mission and, and yeah. then uh, and then things sort of opened up. But it's interesting because when this episode first opens, we see Naomi walking through this forest. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, oh, it's Wizard of Oz. It's Dorothy on the Yellow Brick Road. Interesting. Like I didn't I didn't go to I didn't go to um, Alice in Wonderland as much. Mm. I went immediately to Wizard of Oz, which is my favorite movie of all time. I love that. and. And yeah, so she's walking down what looks like a yellow brick road through the forest. Interesting. And then yeah. she meets this character along the way, like Dorothy did. She yeah. meets Flotter, yeah. who comes up out of the water. He introduces himself at some point as Flotter T. Water the Third, which I laughed. <laughs> yes. I love the name. Yes. Uh, she also meets a character out of the tree, a character called Trevis, mm-hmm. who I immediately thought looks like Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. I was yeah. like... Oh, it's like a full-size Groot. Before you go on, I, I want to say you had the, the you know, the when you saw The Forest of Forever, you thought Wizard of Oz immediately. When yeah. I saw Forest of Forever, I thought, I think that James Cameron was watching this episode when he came up with The Forest of Pandora on Avatar, which is so colorful and, and, and yeah. as, as this forest is. But it's interesting how you had a very old school reference and yeah. my reference what came to my head, mind was a very modern, yeah. uh, futuristic, I guess, um, refer- reference. So I, yeah. I, we have completely uh, different uh, viewpoints on this, but still accurate, very yeah. colorful flor- forest, a very, co- if I called it a florist, a very colorful <laughs> forest background, uh, you know, could be Wizard of Oz or it could be the yeah. forest uh, that the Navi lived in. So there you go. Also, I have to say about the, from a production aspect, and I thought John Kretschmer did a great job. I got to say, mm-hmm. he moved the camera in such interesting ways. John Kretschmer's background was as a first AD. He was an assistant yes, director. That's right. And he kind of made his break. He did Jurassic Park with mm. Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And Steven loved him, brought him onto a TV show called Sequest, where John Kretschmer Sequest eventually mm-hmm. yeah, started directing. That's where Kretschmer had first started directing. But working with Spielberg, you can tell those influences in this episode. The Spielbergian yeah. kind of cinematic, the camera movement. I thought it was really well directed. You know what would be really crazy is I also I also was an extra on Sequest DSV. What if oh my Kretsch, yes, what if Kretschmer was directing that episode? I don't remember yeah. who the director was, but it could have been. You Small have world. a lot of like really bizarre connections, way, way back connections yes. with uh, this particular episode. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, so so basically, you know, Naomi is in the the Forest of Forever. She's doing this holo program called The Adventures of Flotter and uh, Flotter and um, and what's his name? Trevis. Trevis. Yeah. Trevis. Yep. They sort of get into a bit of an argument about mm-hmm. you're shading, you're shading my pond. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell, you know, how, how basically it's an argument about how they each affect each other. And you can tell mm-hmm. this is an educational program. So it's teaching Naomi about science, basic science concepts, and also about communication skills. And she's she's in the middle of this, this game, this fairy tale. And then we get a call from Neelix. He says, uh, Naomi, it's bedtime. 
And she says, end program. And we cut into her quarters. Yeah. And Naomi is talking to Samantha Wildman, her mom, on the computer, the laptop. And it's very broken video. And Samantha says, you know, we've got some bad weather here, some ion storms. Um, but I'll talk to you tomorrow. Go to mm-hmm. bed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she says goodbye. But you see Neelix is worried in this scene. So um, I love the bedtime kind of part of our story. I love mm-hmm. the, the relationship with Neelix and, and Naomi yeah. is so good. It brings out such good things in, in Ethan Phillips' performance. And, and I thought Scarlett was phenomenal. In this she episode. did a great she job. So good. She really did. I want, to re- I want to rewind for a quick second back to yeah. the um, holodeck program. There is that one line where I, I guess it was Trevis maybe or Flotten. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Someone says, I don't recognize your element. You're not oh, Earth. Yeah or water, or plasma, or as I like to say, plasma. plasma um, yes. Yeah. And I was thinking like, oh, that's interesting. They put a little sci-fi twist on there. as Because mm-hmm. as a... She's the alien in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as a as a Asian American, I think of Chinese culture and the five elements, which are, mm. yes, earth, fire, water, wood, metal, right? But in here, they have plasma <laughs> as one of the elements, which I thought, oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. So, yeah. A little sci-fi twist in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so Neelix puts her to bed. He's worried. And the next scene is so we go into the Delta Flyer, but we cut inside the Delta Flyer. We see Paris. We see Samantha Wildman. We see uh, Tuvok. Yeah. And there is a storm. And by the way, I got to say, again, John Kretschmer shot this really well. The, the shake ship shakes, the lights even did something with sort of a spin on the camera as we tried to get out of the storm that was mm. unusual. We didn't usually sort of use the tilting of the camera to tell the, the story that the shuttle's turning sharply one way or the other. Right. But it was absolutely the right kind of approach in that mm-hmm. scene, the way, the way he did everything. So yeah, I thought it was great, great coverage of that, of the shuttle in the action pack sequence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we cut out of there. Things are rough. Mm-hmm. We come into the briefing room and everyone's listening to an audio message from Tuvok calling for help. He basically saying it's really bad weather here, more storms on the way, right. and we we need you guys to come help us. Yeah. And immediately Neelix is very worried about Naomi, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't tell her. He says to Janeway, she's very sensitive, and Janeway you can see is conflicted. She's like, really? Hmm. I don't know if it's good to keep the truth from her. You know, you, you sort of see that from Janeway, but Neelix is like, no, we, you know, she's too sensitive. This is too scary. Let's not tell her the truth. And she goes, okay. Janeway says, okay, you know, you know, her best. I trust your judgment, Neelix. Yeah. She gives him uh, orders. She says, Neelix, your, your mission is to keep Naomi preoccupied. So Mm -hmm. he does. Uh, We jump to, we jump to mess hall and now we have Neelix and Naomi are sitting at a table and they're just, they're chatting. And then of course, Naomi is distracted. She sees mm-hmm. Seven enter with Harry and she's nervous about Seven. She goes, look, it's the board lady. And uh, yeah, she says, don't move. Don't the move. Lady. Yes. She's really, really scared. Um, mm-hmm. Harry comes over and says hi to Naomi and he pulls Neelix aside. He says, I need to talk to you. And, you know, they have a little business talk. But while this mm-hmm. is happening, Seven walks up to little Naomi and says, 
is this seat taken? And Naomi's just staring like deer with headlights in the headlights, staring at very seven. cute, very yeah. cute. Yeah. And um, petrified of petrified, the lady. Exactly. Yeah. And seven then, says, is this taken? She goes, no. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Someone's there. Right. She walks away. Um, and Naomi is still staring after seven and that's where yeah. Neelix comes back and, and he's trying to talk to Naomi and he says like, you know, what's going on? Naomi turns around acting like she was assimilated, which is very cute again. Very funny. Yeah. Turns um, around. She says, I am Borg. Yeah. Like really, really deadpan. And he goes, yeah. no, you're not. Yeah. And, and you know what? Cute. This is, this is a lot to give to a young actor. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you know, you're replacing another person which is already i'm sure you know working on her mind as well in terms of thinking Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i need to do a good enough job so that they don't replace me as well as the other actress Mm or what they did so a lot on her plate and she really handled it well i thought especially in this scene um Mm -hmm. she wants to play another flotter storyline but neelix says the doctor is expecting her yep uh i thought it was a checkup it wasn't a checkup it was a lesson evidently the doctor's been teaching her yeah yeah but she does say that she doesn't like sickbay all the all the things that are inside there the hyposprays and then she says plus the doctor talks too much can he be re- can you reprogram him and neelix goes <laughs> i don't think he'll like that and so then right. we leave that scene we're now back into the delta flyer interior mm-hmm. and the crash landing on a a planetoid is happening in this scene mm-hmm. and it's wildman who says well at least there's a meteor crater we can aim for that paris says good enough and they crash and, you know, I don't understand why there aren't seatbelts. Uh, why why don't we have seatbelts? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. We should have seatbelts yeah. in the flyer. We should have seatbelts on the bridge. But if, clearly, neither you or Tuvok get knocked out of your seat. Just Wildman. Wildman, Just Wildman. flies out for some reason. Yes. Yeah. And and she's very, she's, very injured. She's very, very injured, hurt badly. We'll yeah. find out later. And you can't even, you know, that exterior shot of the flyer, you, it's unrecognizable. I don't even know which yeah. the front or the back of the flyer is any longer. No. It's just completely just a tin can kind of flat. Yeah. So. yeah. And in that wide shot, you see sort of a plasma trail behind it. So, you know, it's been damaged and yeah, uh, it was a rough ride. Right. But uh, we cut to the uh, t- a little time passes. We're yes. on the floor. Yeah, uh, Samantha Wildman's on the floor. Yeah, Paris is scanning her, being mm-hmm. the the field medic here, and he he says to her, "Oh, it's just a minor concussion." Mm-hmm. So again, this theme of like not telling people the truth. Uh, and she's <laughs> like, happening. she's like, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tells her the truth. Yeah. He takes a moment and he's like, "Okay, you've got serious internal injuries, punctured kidney." Internal bleeding, needs surgery, ASAP. Yeah. He tells her the truth. Yeah. And then he gives her something for her pain, sedates her. And Tuvok says they're about three kilometers below the surface. So they yeah. dug in deep and yeah. they're down inside solid rock. Yeah. And there's gases in the cavern, so they can't walk outside. Right. There's nowhere to go but to wait. I did make one note. The hypospray, the sound of the hypospray. It's oh, very, very ASMR. If you think about it, yeah, that was it like that. Yeah, it's very pleasing and very satisfying when you hear that hypo spray, at least for me, it's it's a very ASMR, ASMR sound. It's just something that makes you feel relieved when you hear it and, and it's soft. So I just oh, made that note. That's yeah, nice. Just, that's, that's, you should just have hypo spray sounds to go to sleep to. I will. Um, okay. So we have a ship shot and then we go back on the bridge and Neelix fills Janeway in on Naomi. 
um, that he'll keep her busy. Harry tracks the residual impulse signature here in the upper atmosphere and the impulse wake leads to the Northern hemisphere. Uh, Harry detects plasma fires and hull fragments. And he says that one of two things happened. Either they vaporized on impact or they are buried beneath the surface. And Mm -hmm. Janeway orders Chakotay to take a rescue team down to the crater. And Mm -hmm. he says, um, it's interesting because he says, he says, Harry, so it sounds like Harry's going to go on this away team. That's what I he thought. He doesn't That's go the on the away team. No, he, he doesn't. I made no. that note. What the he heck is going on with Harry? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't make any sense. We've seen we've seen these inconsistencies before where someone yeah. is told that they're going to be working on something Come with and me. they're not. You think yeah. they're going and then they're not there. Yeah. Come with me for moral support while I'm in the turbo lift. But after yeah. that, I don't need you. So that's yeah. pretty much what it is. We cut to sick bay mm. and the doctor is teaching Naomi about mitochondria. <laughs> and yes. I love because she says earlier he talks too much. Yeah. He is talking about mitochondria <laughs> like it's an operatic, <laughs> dramatic story. It's, it's yeah. so dramatic. It's, <laughs> and he gets to like the the critical moment of symbiosis. And he's like, do you understand symbiosis? She's like, like friends, she says. And I love, he's talking up this dramatic storm. And then she says, she goes, okay. So my mom says cooperation is more important than competition. Right. (laughs) I love that. I do. But so what you're saying is just cooperate instead of fight each other. Right. Yeah, basically. Right. But what I love more about this scene is that this is, this is one of the few scenes where the, Doctor's snappy, short bedside manner is not here. He's actually taking the time and yeah. slowly, you know, telling this story. Yes, it's very dramatic, but he's definitely very um, different from the doctor that we normally see. So I really, but he's I, really, I like this. yeah, he's warm and he's warm, um, yeah, paternal in a, in a way. Yeah, very I much think so. The, I think, I think this- that's Bob Picardo's self kind of coming out a little bit. He had yeah. two daughters who were about the same age at this point that Naomi yeah. Wildman is the actress playing Naomi Wildman. So maybe some of his, his you know, how he treat, his fatherliness energy sort of kind of uh, superseded the doctor in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was uh it was a great scene. I think that this Naomi as a character yeah. brings out good things in, in everybody. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just so great yeah. to have a kid on our show and Mm -hmm. that sort of innocence and vulnerability that a kid Mm -hmm. brings out in uh, Ethan Phillips brings out in the doctor brings out in all of us. It's, it's great. I loved when Neelix comes in and the doctor's like, so good to see you. He's like, cause he's trying to talk to the kid and you know, the doctor's not sure how to talk to a kid in a, in an odd way. He's trying really hard and he's so happy to see Neelix. And it's funny at this moment, Neelix looks at him, gives a double take like why are you weeping so weird <laughs> and then says come on naomi let's, well, yeah, get, let's out. get out of here yeah <laughs> oh, uh, they, walk through, they walk in the corridor that is funny yeah. i didn't even i didn't pick that up but you that, yeah it was uh, funny good observation they're in the corridor and then they end up in, in the turbo lift and neelix and naomi are talking he's walking her over to the holodeck to play a, a new chapter of flotter and this chapter is flotter trevis and the ogre of fire and every time they said ogre of fire, I kept hearing the yogurt of fire. I, I heard <laughs> that instead of ogre. Um, and it's, you know, it's 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 a chapter which Neelix is like, it sounds a little scary, but let's see. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to engineering where we have Neelix and Harry. And Harry mm-hmm. is in the midst of 
some jobs that he's doing, but he is taking the time to help Neelix replicate Flotter. And I did make note that there's close talking between Neelix and Harry. There's a little close talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, close to me. Now, do you recall Ethan Phillips playing this little game? This game would be when it was your close up, if you're talking to him and he was off camera, he would give you a line, which was not a line that Neelix had, but just a line that he would make up to try to mm -hmm. mess with us to see if yes. we would break. Okay. Yes. So Neelix, Ethan Phillips was the expert at making other people break when he was off camera, mm -hmm. but he was also the master of not breaking when he was being on camera and we were off camera. So he yeah. prided himself and how good he was in just maintaining his Neelix face and never breaking. Yes. Um, this was the scene where I made him break. Really? Yes. Nice. Oh, it was so awesome. I remember it because it was in, it was in engineering and where this happened. And I, what it was, was when he, when it was his coverage, I was off camera. And instead of saying my line, I said, did anyone ever tell you that that crease at the end of no, at the end of your nose looks like a baby's butt crack? <laughs> That's what I said. And he went, he was nah. sick. He was like, <laughs> ah, you got me. You got me. He, he started, he, I can't believe you got me. And he, he was like, no one gets me. You got me. So he, he tried oh, to hold funny. as much as he could. Then his whole face just contorted. He couldn't hold it. It was one of, one of my, <laughs> one of my nice. proudest moments. The very yeah, proud usually, moment. Yeah. Usually exactly. I would say I'm so proud of this episode. No, I was proud of no, making you, Ethan Phillips. You break. cracked up Ethan Phillips. I did. Um, the other thing I want to mention. Yeah. So while uh, just jumping back for a moment, when they do go back into the holodeck and the scary holodeck and the ogre of fire, mm. um, Naomi asked Neelix about him being scared and, and has he ever been scared? And he starts to bring up his sister. He says uh, that he's sad that he lost his sisters. So he starts to bring this up. So you start to make this connection that mm. when he was, that he has been scared like Naomi and he's seeing a lot of, himself in her he wants to protect her that he's been through this yeah before. i don't think so he tells her that he, does he tell her that he lost the sisters at this point because i think that he's because she keeps asking her, well when do you talk to her and do you because i don't think he ever it, says that they died here he says that no, later right he says it in her quarters later but he says he misses them very much and yes. so what he's talking about hmm. as they, they as they first come up Okay. Um, Cause she's talking about missing her mom and this yeah. is a scary program and things right. like that. So we're, I just love the way they start laying in very gently in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then as things build more and more of yeah. Neelix does not want this little girl to go through this, the fear and the pain that he went that through. He did. So I love right. how they start laying that in and you don't even see it coming and it just mm -hmm. sort of builds in such a natural way. I thought it was yeah. great. Okay. I thought it was great. Great. Uh, but yes, in engineering, when, in the scene when you cracked him up, yeah. you guys were replicating uh, a Flotter doll yeah. because in the program, Flotter got evaporated and it was very sad. Mm -hmm. So Neelix thinks this will make her feel better if he can give her a Flotter doll. Yeah. And now this scene is the first glimpse of the fact that this is a common story. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if you start watching this episode, you're thinking, oh, maybe this is just a story that Naomi is playing on the holodeck. Yeah. But with Harry talking about, oh, I remember this guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, yep. now you know that this is what all children in the 24th century 
um, mm-hmm. are familiar with. So this is something that yeah, because Harry says, story. "I love these stories when I was a kid." Yes, he knows this character. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, you start to see, and other characters bring up right. the fact that they remember when they did it as a kid. Yeah. So yeah, we get the doll in engineering. Harry makes the doll. Neelix says, "Thanks, Harry," and takes off, and we go to Naomi's quarters. Is this? She's, oh, let me just stop you for one second. Is this Naomi's yeah. quarters, or is this the Wildman two-bedroom quarter? Probably the Wildman. It has suite. to be. A, yeah. yeah, it must be the yeah. Wildman suite. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. Right? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we go to the Wild. We go to Samantha Wildman's suite, Naomi's suite there, mm-hmm. and um, Naomi's on the computer, and Neelix brings the doll in, and she goes, "Yeah, this is a nice doll, but it's not really Flutter." Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because later on, you know, she talks about pretending and does it make you feel better to pretend? And he's Mm -hmm. like, no. So this Mm -hmm. is just her moment of realizing that like, yeah, this is a nice doll, but it's not the real thing. Right. She's investigating this idea that water evaporates when it's heated Mm -hmm. and that if she can cool the remains of the forest, Lauder will condense and be able to reform himself. So she's, you know, this program is working to teach her some basic science. And this was the this was the whole purpose of it. And yeah. she also, when she's working on this, she talks about missing her mom. Yeah. And she 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 quotes one of the Starfleet protocols, which is uh, away team members must report in at least once every twenty four hours. So you know she's a smart kid. Like she knows the rules, and like she's already suspicious. Like what's going on here? You know, I haven't heard from my mom. I know the rules. So yeah. um, Neelix just reassures her. And says everything's fine. Yeah. Tucks tucks her into bed, gives her the flotter doll. Yep. And uh she says, well, You promise to wake me up if mom calls, even if it's oh two hundred hours, she says, even if it's yeah. two in the morning, wake me up. And you can see Neelix is really triggered here. And he puts her, puts her down in bed. And then he goes back in the living room and calls up an image of his sister, Alexia. Right. And this was such a sweet heartbreaking moment it's just a photograph it's, it's not... sweet but it also bothered me because did it yeah because Why? he just put her to bed okay he walks she out to, she can still hear him she walks out into the other room the door is not closed and he goes you know he starts talking about the possibility to his dead sister about naomi losing her mother it's like dude you need to, I'm sorry. You got to make sure that the kid's asleep entirely yeah. before you bring. So that, yeah, that a was a, that, that bugged me. But one thing that I wrote down in my notes that I found interesting is that the lights above her bed have, they're no, they are clear. They're white. They're not colored. Cause you really? know how we got, to, we got to pick got red, to pick green, blue. Yeah. yeah. And hers was just white. It's just a white light period. Wow. Maybe because she's young and, and, and I don't know. Hasn't I, picked I no her favorite idea. color yet. Uh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. But it bothered me that Neelix starts talking about her mom possibly when being 10 yeah, feet away. She's, yeah. She's, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Too the close. thing I did think the, the thing I did think of is I often don't like it when characters are alone and just talking out loud to themselves. Okay. I, I usually find that to feel very fake. Okay. <laughs> but in, yeah. in this case, I felt like it was almost like a making a prayer. Yeah. Like he was kind of, he was, he was, I wish he had, you know, seen the photo, mm-hmm. even closed his eyes. Cause yeah. I feel like when you're sort of, when, when a character is praying, making yes. a, saying a prayer or something, yeah. then speaking out loud right. makes sense. But just like talking to themselves while they're yeah. wide awake is always, it always kind of bumps me as a fake thing, but yeah. I, I, mean, I was, 
I was along for the ride in this one because I just thought the story was so sweet. Yeah, no, and and I think most people understand he's try, trying to gather some strength from the his the yeah. spirit of his sister in a way, right? So no one's going to really mm-hmm. think like, "What the heck are you doing?" But mm-hmm. people will think, "Why are you talking about standing this when ten she's feet away?" Yeah, she could. I don't think she's asleep that quickly. You know, no. I know kids; they 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 don't fall asleep like that. So uh, yeah. Now we have a nightmare sequence. We do. We don't really he, know it's a nightmare. We don't know what. It, I, yeah, it, uh-huh. it's it shows Neelix and some other Talaxians, and all of a sudden they're they're dealing with the Metreon Cascade, which was the mm-hmm. the uh, event which killed his family, and so he he wakes up startled, and now we realize he's still in the Wildman residence. He's still he's sitting mm-hmm. on the couch there. That he's, he's babysitting. Yeah, he's still which, falling asleep there. Right. Yep. Which is amazing. I thought that he would go to his own quarters, but he's so invested that he stays in the same uh, area as Naomi, mm-hmm. basically. And he wakes up and he checks on Naomi. And now yep. we jump to Astrometrics. Before and- we jump, I just want to talk yes. about that nightmare. They definitely did something interesting directorially in that. they mm. um, Because the movement, it, I don't know if it was something they did with visual effects after the fact to color mm-hmm. it and kind of affect it that way. Mm-hmm. It looked to me actually like they had done something in the camera and mm. the things you can do in the camera is you can, you can change the shutter angle of mm-hmm. the camera. So in a film camera, there's a shutter that lets the light in, you know, 24 frames a second, that Correct. shutter goes boom, 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 boom. Yes. Now if the shutter is at 45 degrees, it'll let the light in, in a certain way. Oh. If the shutter is at 90 degrees, if the shutter goes all the way to 90 degrees, it will let the light in a certain way. Mm. If the shutter's at 180 degrees, so you can change the shutter angle and it creates a different quality of movement. Interesting. And I felt like they did something with shutter angle in there. Don't know exactly where they put mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. but it was not the normal, the normal setting. Mm. Um, you can also do something with frame rate where you shoot a little slower frame rate and get a bit of motion blur. Mm. So I felt like they made some interesting John Kretschmer did some interesting things in camera, but then they added some color too. But most of that, I I have a feeling was him shooting the nightmare in a way that felt different than normal stuff, which I thought was an awesome choice. Good job, John Kretschmer. Good job. Yes. Okay. So now we jump to Astrometrics. Yes, we do. And Neelix asks Seven if there was any new information um, she says, well, there's always new information. And then uh, Neelix asks Seven if she ever thinks about her family. And mm-hmm. she says, infrequently, since she was assimilated when she was six years old. And then Neelix says, not much older than Naomi is now. And that to me seems a little bit off. So that would mean that Naomi's four or five. She seems yeah. older she seems than older. that. I bumped right? on that too. Like, yeah. yeah, that you were six, seven, seven of nine was six years old. Yeah. And Naomi's younger than that. I that doesn't make it. sense. I no. don't buy it. She like, seems like if you're, at least eight or nine to me. Yeah. I mean, from your, you know, you're a parent. I mean, it's, you're looking at her. That's she's 10 more years of old. A, yeah. She's eight <laughs> to 10. Correct. Yeah. Is, is, yes. the, is the thought process here and not five so. or four. There's no way she wouldn't be sitting yeah, here re- researching evaporation on her, com- on her yeah, computer. Yeah. Okay. That bumped me a little yeah, bit. Just a bit. I agree. Okay, good. But I love how seven is like, so cold. Seven's she, she will adapt. She will adapt. I adapted. She will adapt. I'm not going to say she's cold. I'm going to say seven is a reality check. She's just a reality check. She tells you like it is. She doesn't pull she tells, any punches. Yeah, which is I, a big theme in this episode of like, it is. you know, Neelix is trying to protect 
Naomi by not being honest. He's and, pulling punches left and right is what oh, he's doing. All, all over the place. <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. Trying to control and manipulate the situation. Yeah. So she won't be afraid. And, yeah. you know, seven is a reality check here yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, now we go to the bridge. This is where Neelix brings in the coffee. One more cup and I'll jump to warp, <laughs> says the captain. I laughed out loud. Spit take for me. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Janeway suggests to Neelix being honest with Naomi. <laughs> yeah. And Neelix says, no, 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 no. I'm going to keep her busy. And Janeway goes, your mission was to keep her occupied, not to lie to her. Right. She says, you're going to need to be honest tomorrow. You're going to have to tell her in the morning. Yeah. And Neelix like snaps. I've never seen him snap this hard at the captain. He's like, you're talking about in the ready room or in the bridge? Well, first on the bridge, he snaps. And then she says, yeah, come come with me. Yeah. Yeah. He's like storming away. And she's like, Neelix, join me. And they go in the ready room. And And now he just again lets it it all out. Oh, my gosh. It flies Um, out. He's like, when we know for sure, not until then. Yeah. You, and yeah. and he says, you don't have the right. You don't know what it's like. So yeah. clearly this is very personal. Uh, he doesn't want Naomi to go through what he went through. I thought this was a great scene. You really see him just letting it all hang out. Yeah. And Janeway is very patient with him. Yeah. And and he, very compassionate with him. Yeah. My note is he pulls all the punches with Naomi, but none with Janeway. <laughs> it's just like I'm gonna let you have it right now. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this at all. Yeah. But I and I in one of my reaction videos, I noticed that you can hear the background humming of the engines or the warp core when you're in the bridge. But the minute they're in the captain's ready room, it goes away. It's totally quiet. I'm thinking, what? Why is there soundproofing here and not on the entire ship? Like, why couldn't we have that yeah. same soundproofing on the bridge? Did they forget to put in the hum? In I don't the, know. In the ready I, room? I don't really notice I, that. Although I know that that was a important uh, thing to them to keep the sound, the ship. Yes, but it yeah. clearly is gone the minute the door shuts you don't hear anything it's like quiet like a library so that's a beautiful scene in the ready room we cut down to the shuttle and paris is trying to polarize the hull yeah Uh, there's some sparks big fail it's not working they're they can't they can't polarize the hull so that they don't even know if voyager can can read where they are they have no idea in order to detect the shuttle the hull has to have some polarization evidently And and this is when wildman Starts yeah. to lose hope. Yeah, She starts to lose hope. She's like, who's going to look after Naomi? Mm-hmm. She's kind of accepting the fact they're not going to get rescue, rescued. And Tuvok shares about his children, about his daughter. He says he has a daughter. Yeah. And he he has confidence that, that both of their children, that Naomi and his children will survive and prosper, he says, no matter yeah. what becomes of us. Yeah, I like the yeah. fact that Tuvok was the one that was consoling Wildman. I thought that Paris was going to do it, but Tuvok, out of the blue, starts bringing advice and helping her out, you know, calm her down. Yeah, yeah. and Samantha Wildman thanks them. Like, it's it's been a comfort to hear Tuvok's, Paris has been honest about her physical condition, her mm-hmm. internal bleeding, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Tuvok has been honest about you know, even if we don't make it, that our children will be okay. Mm-hmm. There are people around them. And that's comforting to Samantha. So here you've got on the shuttle, Samantha's getting reality from the people around her, mm-hmm. but Naomi's getting pretend. Right. And so it's an interesting kind of flip of what you would think would be the kind, loving thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but Naomi wakes up, uh, calls for mom. Mm-hmm. 
She's alone. Mm-hmm. She's alone in her quarters, which I thought was weird. Uh, she says, computer, where's Neelix? Computer yeah. says on the bridge. So we cut out to the hall. Naomi gets off a turbo lift. She's walking down the hall. Here's some noise. And the first thing I thought is, wait, she just said, computer, where's Neelix? On the bridge. Why didn't she just go straight to the bridge? Why did she have to stop at some random hallway? She's heading if- there. That's not where the bridge is. She goes back. Okay, so she gets out, walks down the hall, sees Balana and a rescue team yeah. coming to the turbo lift, hides in the turbo lift, which, by the way, why isn't there someone manning the turbo lift well, all the time? Okay, I, I understood it as the minute she was, okay, she's heading down the hallway and she sees Torres and the away team and she hides. She hears that they're talking about stuff that sounds pertinent to what's happening to her mom. So then she goes to, sneak around to see where they're going. She sees them beam out. She's in the transporter room a little bit watching. Uh And then she's like, oh no, now I've got to go to, I definitely have to go to the bridge. And then she goes to the bridge. So I didn't find it But she was heading to the bridge in the the beginning. I guess to me, the way that she got off a turbo lift, she was in her quarters. Right. She says, where's Neelix? At the bridge. She's heading to the bridge. Right. She should have gone straight to the bridge. She gets, instead, she gets off, walks down a hall, hides in the turbo lift, Here's the information, then goes back to where she came from, the turbo lift she was just on to go to the bridge. Interesting, because my notes, I don't have her in the turbo lift first. I have her walking down corridors out of her room into the corridors where she sees Torres. Then she spies on Torres in the transporter room. I think she came out of the same. I think she came. I feel like this is one of those geography things of like the logic is she should be walking by this thing when it happened, not walking turning around, you know, getting, getting the sneak peek and then turning around where she came, but it's not a big deal, but it was just like, there were a couple little things in there. I'm like, well, if you are correct in that she was in the turbo lift first and then she came out and then saw Torres, well, yeah, you're right. She should have gone straight to the bridge from the turbo lift. She shouldn't have gone to see Torres, but yeah. But we mixed and matched these halls so much that like, I don't and know. Maybe where, our brains are mixing and mashing it. As well. I don't know where the bridge is really. We, <laughs> sometimes we're over here going to the bridge. Sometimes we're over there going. I don't know. And the turbo <laughs> lifts kind of don't they go up and sideways? And yeah, like, they, 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 they just do. go wherever they you don't want. just go up and down. They no. move sideways they move and sideways. back and forth. Yes, yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, she yeah she hears that they're on a rescue mission. Yes, and uh, and so she she goes up to the bridge. And we see her step off onto the bridge yeah. and they're looking on the view screen. Neelix is there. Yeah. And Neelix turns around and sees her and he's like, Naomi. Yeah. And she runs. She knows that he's been lying. I don't know about you, but I got, I got emotional. Right I here. did too. I, I did. did too. When Neelix was I got looking emotional at her, a lot of this episode. I was like, oh my gosh. I said, why am I starting to cry right now? <laughs> like, What's happening? Well, it's and the it betrayal. Was, it's feeling yes, betrayed. Like yes. this innocent kid yeah, oh who's been goodness. asking for the truth. And yes. instead, yeah. you know, is was getting pretend. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, we go to the, the hallway next. Neelix is trying to find her. He locates her. We asked the computer, right? Ask the computer. Yeah. yeah ask the computer. Where's Naomi uh, in her, she's in her quarters. He goes in, but finds the, the flotter doll with Naomi's comm badge. Mm-hmm. So she was clever. She's a little sneaky one. She's a combat little, on the doll. She did. Look at that. On the flotter doll. And yeah. Well, him. You know what? She kind of felt like, well, you lied to me. Now you are going to get lied to as well. You're not going to know. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Now it's starting the whole back and forth, right? That's how yeah. the world works. Like, yeah. How do these things end? You know, you start lying, then someone else lies. And- <laughs> That's how the world works. Yeah. 
he thinks about where she could be. And then he's like, oh, the holodeck, of course. Right, right. And just then Naomi is activating Flotter, Trevis, and the Ogre of Fire. Mm-hmm. And she's going back into that scary fairy Chapter. tale world. Yeah. Yep. We go down to the planet now with the rescue team. Seven yep. is down there with Chakotay. They're scanning a cave. They have phaser drills with them. They do locate the flyer, but it's 80 meters through rock. They're going to have to drill through the rock. In order to get close enough to beam. Well, they need to clear enough rocks so that we can beam the shuttle out. Because right now there's too much rock to beam it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Janeway does give them permission. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Uh, We cut inside the shuttle. Paris is leaving a message for Bellana. Mm -hmm. And he's basically saying goodbye. And I thought that was a nice, in terms of the writers writing that, just keeping that relationship alive and going um, instead of just going right to Samantha Wildman saying her goodbye, they included a moment for Paris and Bellana's story. So I thought that was great. Yeah. And when you said, uh, when you said you, you won't have to watch any more Captain Proton, Captain chapters, Proton. I was like, that's not true. Cause Harry will continue the Captain Proton that's true. thing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And clearly he's implying that he's been doing this a lot. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> Uh, a lot, a lot. Yeah, Samantha uh, is going to leave hers, but she's not sure if she's ready. She asked Tuvok, and he says he prefers to write his farewells. Right. So he's uh, typing them out on a on a pad. A pad. Oxygen depletion in ten minutes, and she goes through her video, which again is a tearjerker to listen to yeah. her talk to Naomi. I gotta say, I wish that all of us had been suffering a bit more. That's the one yeah. element of the shuttle scenes, like. Yeah. It didn't seem like she was really dying. It didn't yeah. seem like Paris was really dying or Tuvok. Yeah. I wish that we, you know, just been a little more, more dr- breathy and more dr- like, yeah. Dramatic. Um, yeah. Um, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that was a little acting for you guys. Just a little, just a little taste. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Robbie McNeil has left his director's chair <laughs> to show us a little bit more acting. We've been wanting still to see this it. acting. He still, still got, got it. it. It's still mm-hmm. there. And he did it. And he shows you what he, if he had to do a redo, he's showing a, he's showing the redo right now. If you were to redo a scene, yeah, could, what would it be? I would it's redo right it. You'd redo like, that. Like I was dying a little more. Yeah. And I think for all three of us, I just think that that was an element that I wish we had been encouraged, you know? Yeah. Because it but, clearly was like, we were all kind of playing the same thing, which is yeah, a little yes. bit of suffering. Yeah. But it wasn't like death suffering. It wasn't death that, suffering. But at the no. same time, Robbie, neither you, Nancy Hauer, or John Kretschmer have almost died. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for you to pull on an experience because really actors, when they act, it's it's yeah. pulling on experience, life experience of what they've already dealt with before. And yeah. nobody's able to say, oh, yes, uh, I remember the five times I almost died. And so that's why I was able to act this, act this scene out. So I yeah. feel like you're being overly critical of yourself well, and you. everyone else. Yes. I think it and works. Just, it definitely think- works, but I do see what you're saying. If there was a little bit more grasping for air, you know, and saying yeah. the last rights, it, it would have been nice. Look at you acting. Look I at that. Know, acting. I tried. I tried. Look at that. You kind of <laughs> Little taste, the taste of it. Okay. Um, but she does say, she does say, don't be scared, Naomi. Yes. Neelix, is Neelix will look after you. you. Yeah. 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 I also thought in this moment, like, what a, you know, the three of those characters leaving good farewell messages. I don't know. It just felt very real to me in that moment, even though I wish we were acting a little more <laughs> dead. But, <laughs> but the idea of like, what would you leave? What message would I give someone? Who would I give the message to? How many messages would I try to leave? Right. 
Uh, or would I just leave a message to everyone? I don't know. That's a, it's a profound, I thought it was just really simple and well done. And yeah, it made me think in that moment of like, yeah, in real life. Well, in real life, it would be your immediate family, right? I mean, you would leave a message to your kids. I would leave one for you. (laughs) I would, I would start with Garrett Wong. Let me leave a message for you. This reminds me of dying and it would be yeah and then my children and my wife <laughs> okay thank you i'm so happy yeah. that you'll leave one for me first which yeah. then reminds then, me yeah i'll probably which yeah. then reminds me of the time that robbie and i were at phoenix comic-con and this was when the the active shooter oh. was about to take out jason david frank whose table was right next to ours and then i texted I texted um, Megan and I said, I said, oh my gosh, you can't believe what just happened. Like we could have been it killed. Almost like almost a mass yeah, murder. We, it was almost a mass murder Honestly. with Robbie and I dying. This is not a joke. This, you is, guys not a joke. this is real. This we is were real. at a yeah. convention where yeah. they did find someone who had gone there with the intent. He had a kill list of who he was going to take out. And Jason yes. David Frank was definitely on that list as that at the top the of the list, one. the first He's- name. And his table was right next to us. But he was armed for a mass shooting. He oh, he was had armed. He had all kinds of weaponry. Yes. Yes. And this gentleman, uh, they they caught him because he made a Facebook post, and someone saw this and alerted the authorities before he could do the deed. But, but I he was told, in the building. He was in the building, and I met. Yep. He made it past all these security checkpoints too. And I mentioned, I texted Megan. I said, "Oh my goodness." I said, you know, I'm lucky to be, Robbie and I are lucky to be alive. We could have been hit by gunfire. And I said to her, I said, with my last dying breath, I would have, I would have taken some of my blood and written on the floor. I love you, Megan. And then she texted back. Nah, you would have written. I love you, Robbie. It's what she said. So this, this, yeah. this was similar to your little message good, to me. Yeah, yeah. It was what made. It's a good bit. Yeah. It's a good bit. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Okay, so we anyway. go in the we go in the holodeck. Yes. So they leave their goodbye messages in the mm-hmm. shuttle. We cut back to the holodeck. Neelix is looking for Naomi. Yeah. And Flotter and Trevis are mad. Oh, they kind of mad. block his way on the yellow bird road. Leave. You lie. Liar. You're a liar. Get liar, out of liar. here. Pants on fire. Yeah, they're not happy. Um, and then he sees Naomi's little top head of her pop, head, top yeah. of her head behind a log, and mm-hmm. and he wants to talk to her. And they say no more lying. Yeah. So I thought that was nice. Yeah. Um, Naomi asks, "Is my mom dead?" Yeah. <laughs> it was heartbreaking. Yeah. And he tells her the truth that they yeah. don't know. They don't know. Uh, climbs over the stump, sits with her. Just a sweet, sweet yeah. scene. And she does say to him, "How do I know if you're telling me the truth this time?" Yeah. Which is that's a lesson about lying for yeah. all of us. So we've yeah. all oh, look. Everyone's told a lie. But it's it's so important to remember, like, once you start that process of lying and dishonesty, then how do the people that you love, how are they going to trust you? How would they trust you? Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, and that's what, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Neelix, go ahead. And Neelix really, he, 
when she says, how do I, yeah, his response is to tell, to share the story of what happened to his family mm-hmm. of the, the, the tragedy. Like now he fills in all, now he fills her he fills in, in the, the, yeah, fills her in with all the other pieces the truth, of that story. The truth, the truth. Exactly. he tells her the truth and he tells her how much it's hurt, it hurt him yeah. and he didn't want her to feel, her to that. feel that exactly. Yeah. He's just trying to protect her. He's just trying to protect her. That's how much he cares and loves little Naomi that he did not want her to feel any of that. So he comes out and says everything. Everything. He really tells her the truth. And then Mm -hmm. she asks after she hears this, she said, when you pretended that nothing was wrong, did it help? And he goes, no, no, it didn't. So lying and pretending is not going to fix it. No. Another great lesson. Yeah. Another Uh, moving scene, another moving scene between the two of them. And Mm -hmm. um, this is all interrupted by Janeway calling all hands to emergency stations. A level eight ion storm is approaching. Mm -hmm. Now we're back to the bridge planet underground. Janeway notifies Chakotay the ion storm is approaching in six minutes, which will destabilize the cavern that he's in. And my Mm -hmm. note is why on earth is someone on an upper level using a laser digging tool facing in another direction. What's happening? Why is that going on? Did you notice that? I so, didn't notice yeah, so that. So Chakotay, Torres, seven. they're all, yeah, seven, yeah, seven. They're all shooting their little laser digging and then tool up in the, that way. And up in the, up in the background, there's another Starfleet member facing in the wrong direction. <laughs> they're they're like, just, yeah. I don't know. He, he's a red shirt. He's going to be a- good. <laughs> you got to have somebody right. down there. To- you got to have someone doing something in the wrong, wrong way. Yeah. The wrong okay. way. Back to the bridge. Harry says the storm is moving in. Then we quickly jump to the interior of the Delta Flyer and Paris sort of laments that Mm -hmm. he can't believe this is how it's all going to end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In some unnamed planetoid trapped under, you know, all this rock. And this is going to be the end of his life. And Mm -hmm. do you feel like you needed to be more breathy on that one too? Yeah, I think we should have been really dying, dying. Even more dying, dying. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think so. The double die scene. Okay. And then we hear phaser drills in, from inside the shuttle. Yes. And Paris goes to the, to the moon roof, the, yeah. the skylight there. Yeah, he's tapping the moon roof. It. We're here. We're here. We're here. He must have. He's, he's not dying yet. So, he's got enough energy to like bang. And, so really, it should have been more like. Yeah. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. Like barely? Yeah, something like that. Would you have done it that yeah. way? Yeah. Would you have even reached to the moon roof? Or would you have just I would looked have, at it? I would have just looked up and then I would have fallen straight back. <laughs> That's even better. That I would like have been com- comedy. Yes. So on the bridge, Chakotay reports that the pattern enhancers are in place and that they're ready to transport the flyer. And it's such good news. And it's really kind of very subtle. It's just sort of like, yeah, we got them. And then uh, yep. Harry kind of transports them in. And Jamie was like, good, let's go away. And we take yep. off and we're done. We're safe. And then Neelix and Naomi. Uh, are running down a hallway. They turn a corner into sick bay, mm-hmm. and there's Samantha Wildman. The doctor has done the surgery. He's done this all very quickly. She is healed she up is. really fast. So Starfleet there medical is. technology is good. It's so good. It is really good. Yeah. We go back to the forest mm-hmm. for our very last scene here, mm-hmm. and this felt Neelix. like Alice in Wonderland. It was. Me. They're having a tea party. It's Neelix Trevis yep. and Flotter having a tea yep. party. Naomi and Samantha walk in. Uh, Trevis runs down, not Trevis, Flotter runs over. Flotter runs over to Samantha. Samantha, yeah, who hasn't been he there says, since I she's a kid. He says, I missed you. Mm-hmm. Or she, she says, I missed you. And he says, likewise. Yeah. Or, and, one, or one, one or the other. One or the other. They, and then she they says, say yeah, to each other I'm an ensign now. Yeah, you're all grown mm-hmm. up. But I did make a note. Look at 
Samantha Wildman's hair. Wow. Was it flossy? No, it was just really well done. It was really oh, super nice. cool. Like, I don't know what the hair department did that day. Jose Normand, our head of uh, hair, yes. was clearly the, the architect of, of Wildman's hair. But it was it was businessy up front. And it wasn't party in the back. It was just cool in the back. So it wasn't, you know. Um, it was business cool up front. Business and, and party cool. In party the back. cool in the back. It was just okay. this. I don't know. If you if you look at it again, nice. it's just it's it stood out to me. Really nice. cool hairstyle. Uh, but Janeway shows up. Janeway's yeah. uh, over there, and Janeway and Neelix have a nice conversation, and we realize and that Janeway, Janeway played this played when this she when kid. she was six years old. That number keeps coming up, and she mm-hmm. flooded the entire forest. And then there's close talking between Janeway and Neelix yes. as well, and in this end yes. scene. But still a nice ending scene for the whole episode. Very nice. They walk off down the yellow brick road for yeah. more adventures in yeah. the forest of forever. Yeah. All right. So your theme is probably the same theme as mine. I'm going to let you theme? say it for uh, just honesty is the best policy. That's my yeah. theme. Yes. Yeah. 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 I wrote down pretending can give you comfort and teach you lessons sometimes because pretending in the forest, there's good, you know, there's good value. Yes. It's not. Yes. You know, not just a waste of time to pretend everything Correct. doesn't like I, I wouldn't want to live seven of nines reality check life all the time. I want to go into, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you need a I want fantasy every now and then. I, I think there is a time and a place for pretending and fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes the truth is really what you need to face. Yeah. That's that was my, my uh, theme. And Good. I uh, rating. What do you give this? Uh, probably not as high as you will. So I'm going to say from one to 10, I'm going to give this one a seven. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Nine, <laughs> nine out of 10. I go big on this. I and love how you got I really love. close to your microphone too. You're like nine. <laughs> okay. Nine, nine. I give nine it a nine out of 10. That's this incredible. one was this one involved everybody. Okay. I feel like we got to know everybody much better. Okay. I thought Scarlett did a phenomenal job. I she did. love the use of kind of fairy tale and metaphor. And I really connect to the themes of this one. Okay. About, you know, there's a time and a place for pretending and sometimes reality or the truth is what we need. Like, yeah, I just, I thought it was great. Uh-huh. I'm going to pump mine up. My rating goes up. 0.5. I'm going to go 7.5 because of the Scarlett Palmer's uh, performance. She so, was so good. She, she, she so knocked good. it out of the park. She really did. Great. Well, that was fun. What's next week? Guess what? What? The 100th episode. <gasps> Timeless. Oh, boy. Timeless. Oh, boy. This is the piece de resistance of Harry Kim. Harry Kim is the best in this episode of the entire series because it is a chance wow. to see Harry's uh, ability or Garrett's ability to act because now he's finally given something to do other than saying shields down to 30%, Captain. So that is. Why. I know you've talked about this episode a lot. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see it because I got to be honest, I don't. You don't remember, remember Jack, do you? Oh my, probably goodness. not. So right. we'll see next week when we talk about. We shall see. It. Well, there's but not I'm a lot of Paris. Excited. I know you've talked about it a lot. Yeah, there's no. not a lot of Paris going on in this app. That's probably, probably why not. I remember? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Timeless. Next week. Next week, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Get ready. See you next week. <laughs>